Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different regions, the different grape varieties, the different styles of wine, and the history and culture of wine. In this episode, we move on to Spain, one of several episodes devoted to this historic, important wine-producing country. Wine has, of course, been made in Spain for centuries, but it's not always been easy. Spain was once a great empire and one of the richest countries in the world, but it lost that empire, and by the 19th century it was quite poor. And in the 20th century it was um, damaged by the fascist dictatorship of Franco, which is extremely isolationist, and Spain was left behind. Since the 1970s, though, Spain has been pulled into the modern world by uh, democracy and joining the EU, and wine has reflected those changes in Spain. Once very traditional and kind of insular looking and very old-fashioned, now Spain produces modern international wines of very good quality and low price. And there's this pull between the old and new which dominates the Spanish wine industry, with some producers still very traditional, others very modern, and then others in between. And as we go through the different regions of Spain, we'll look at exactly what I mean by that. So the geography of Spain can be divided into three distinct areas. To the north and northwest of Spain, the climate is maritime, heavily influenced by the Atlantic Ocean, so it's wet. To the east and south of Spain, the climate is Mediterranean, it's on the Mediterranean Sea. And here the climate is much warmer, and the summers are dry, whereas the winters will receive the rain. So that's the uh, Spanish coast of Catalonia going down to Valencia, to Alicante, and then across to Malaga and Cadiz. Inland, the climate is continental, and this is a vast plateau called the Meseta, which rises from the, from the coast onto the high plateau, and in the centre of that plateau is, of course, Madrid, which is the highest capital city in Europe. And here the climate is going to be hot and very dry, and grape growing here can be sometimes a little too easy. For example, in the vast plains of La Mancha, it's very easy to get the grapes ripe and the wines are going to be quite simple. Where the wines get higher quality is at higher altitude in mountain ranges, which cool the environment down, for example, Ribera del Duero. But we'll look at that in future episodes. Today we're going to focus on northern Spain, particularly the historic region of Rioja. And wine has been made here for centuries. And it's historically been one of the most important wine regions in Spain, and still is today. And its importance comes because it's on the Camino de Santiago de Compostela. And this is a pilgrimage which stretches from France, the four traditionally different starting points in France, it goes through Rioja and northern Spain, ending up in Santiago de Compostela, where the, the bones of St. James the Apostle are supposedly buried in the cathedral there. Obviously that's not true, but that's what the pilgrims believed. And they would stop off in Rioja and top up with the wine. And the wine had a very good reputation. They would not just uh, drink the wine there, but they would also put the wine in boda bags, which are leather bags, and carry them on their pilgrimage and drink from them. And Rioja producers very cleverly stamped the word Rioja onto these leather bags. It's one of the first forms of branding. And so Rioja's reputation spread throughout Spain and also in southwest France, where the pilgrims would start and also end their journey. The big changing point in Rioja was in the 1840s to the 1860s when Bordeaux was first hit by powdery mildew and then by phylloxera. And so Bordeaux producers and growers were faced with a dilemma, stay in Bordeaux and hope that the issue would be resolved, or leave Bordeaux. And a lot of them did, went to South America, but also to Rioja, which is a lot nearer, because Rioja had a reputation for making good wine. 
What they found there was actually a wine industry which was very simple. And so Bordeaux producers introduced a lot of techniques which saw standards rise. For instance, they would look at the vineyard and plant the right grape variety there. They would say one vineyard was better than another and actually look at the differences. And they would use oak as well. So in France they would use French oak, but they didn't have the money to do that in Rioja, so they used American oak, which is much cheaper. And that's still the traditional oak that is used in Rioja. And because they aged the best wines in oak, some terms came, came up. And so wines which were good enough to be aged in oak were called crianza, because crianza means aged. So the higher quality grapes, higher quality wine, and then the oak adding some structure to the wine. After that, they realized that some wines actually aged very gracefully and for a longer period of time, and these wines began to be called reserva. So wines good enough to be set to one side, to be reserved. And then eventually, they realized that some years were better than others, exceptional years, and wines made in those exceptional years were called gran reserva, so these were the great reserve wines. And still today, they should only be made in the very best years. So these are now formal designations in Rioja and elsewhere in Spain. Crianza refers in Rioja to a wine that's been aged for 12 months in oak and 12 months in the bottle. In um, the rest of Spain, it's actually 6 months in oak and 12 months in the bottle. Reserva is 12 months in oak and 2 years in the bottle, so 3 years before release. And Gran Reserva is 2 years in oak and 3 years in the bottle, so 5 years before release. It's important to recognize that these are different styles of wine and not strictly different levels of quality. Crianza will have fresh primary fruit aromas as well as some mature aromas. Reserva, a little less fresh, but still some primary fruit aromas, but more mature, oaky aromas. And then Gran Reserva is going to be all about the tertiary aromas. So it really depends on what kind of style you want to drink, not necessarily just the quality. Since uh, Spain joined the EU, there's been a lot of transformations in the wine making, becoming much more modern. And there's that pull of between the old and the new that I, I was talking about before. Here it's the traditional versus the modern. So the tradition is to use American oak to allow some oxidation and to age for a very long period of time. The more modern practice is to use French oak, to use new oak, and maybe not to age as long, to produce a more international style of wine. Many producers now will have something in between, it's kind of settled down, using some old American oak, but also using some new French oak, and maybe ageing for the strictly the period of time for Crianza Reserva, Gran Reserva. More traditional producers have actually go way beyond those uh, designations. So a good example of a traditional producer is Lopez de Heredia, and for example their Reserva is aged for... Um, up to 10 years in total, if not more, whereas Reserva only needs to be aged for three years. So they're really kind of pushing those aging requirements way beyond where they're needed. A modern producer could be Allende, which will use new French oak. And then there are those in between, like Muga, who uses a mixture of French and American oak. So where is Rioja? It's in northern Spain, and it overlaps several different provinces, including the Basque country, and that's where the Atlantic influence is going to be felt the most, because the Basque country is on the Atlantic coast, and then going south into continental Spain, where it's going to be hot, and protected from the Atlantic influence by the Cantabrian mountains. So Rioja is quite a broad region, which is hard to generalize about, because there are different climates within it, and different soil types too. But it's divided into three regions, Alaveza is the Basque region, which has the most Atlantic influence, with plantings up to 800 metres. Bordering that to the south is Rioja Alta, which means High Rioja or Upper Rioja. Uh, less Atlantic, but still cooler and wetter. And these two regions are quite similar, with the best vineyards on the cooler slopes to the northwest of Rioja, with clay on a limestone-based soils. 
And then to the south is Rioja Baca, which means lower Rioja. And this is where it's continental, far away from any Atlantic influences, and it's hot. Plantings here at 300 metres altitude, so much lower down, and the soils are fertile and alluvial, and these will produce bigger, fuller-bodied wines. So the grape varieties planted in Rioja, the most important by far is Tempranillo, and this has 50% of all plantings in the region, with 31,000 hectares out of the 62,000 in total. And Tempranillo is mainly planted in Alaveza and Rioja Alta, so in the cooler parts of Rioja. Tempranillo is an early ripening grape, hence the name Tempranillo, and so that cooler climate just slows the ripening down slightly so that it doesn't ripen too quickly. Tempranillo has medium to high acidity and tannins, and medium body and alcohol, with quite neutral aromas of strawberry and leather, and maybe some tobacco as well. The other grape, main grape is Garnacha, and this is mainly planted in Riochabaca, because Garnacha likes a hot climate. It's a late ripening grape, so it needs a longer ripening season. And this will have lower acidity and tannins, but a fuller body and higher alcohol. Also red fruit aromas of raspberry and maybe some licorice too. So these uh, two grape varieties work together very well because the higher acidity and tannins compensates for the lower acidity and tannins of Garnacha. Garnacha's full body and high alcohol compensates for the medium body, medium alcohol of Tempranillo, which can sometimes be a bit dilute, especially in the cooler years. So a real balance between those two grape varieties. And then they both have red fruit aromas, which uh, complement each other. And, because, and Tempranillo will be the main grape in the blend, maybe 70% or more. And because it's quite neutral, it ages well. It just develops the oak aromas, oxidative aromas, and mature aromas. Some minor grapes. Mazuelo is Carignana in the rest of Spain, and Carignan in France. And this has high acidity, high tannins, black fruits, full body, high alcohol. So this can add some structure to the wine used in a very small amount. Graciano, by the 1970s, was very little planted because it's quite a difficult grape. It buds late and is subject to downy mildew. But it's coming back into fashion because it is a high-quality grape and uh, has quite perfumed, pretty aromas. And some producers now make 100% Graciano wine. But it's used a little bit in blends. Also white wine is made in Rioja. Uh, Viora is Macabeo elsewhere in Spain. This is a vigorous late budding grape, which means it doesn't succumb to spring frost, but um, it can be subject to rot in autumn. And 90% of the white wine in Rioja is Viora. And it's quite a neutral variety, but it withstands oxidation. And that's important for the traditional style of white Rioja, which is quite oxidative, uh, quite deep in colour, almost uh, sherry aromas. And then for a more modern style of wine, it can take on oak characteristics as well, working rather like Chardonnay. The traditional grape of Rioja is Malvasia, which is in decline. That used to produce rich alcoholic wines. And then there's also some Sauvignon Blanc and Chardonnay. The trade structure in Rioja, there are 20,000 growers. and They all have contracts with merchants. These are called bodegas. And these bodegas have actually increased in number quite a lot. There are 100 in the 1990s, now there's over 500. And then there's also 30 co-ops, and these actually buy 45% of the grapes from the growers, make them into wine, and sell them on to merchants. So that is Rioja. Around Rioja are some other smaller but quality regions. Next to it is Nevada. Uh, a small part of Rioja is actually within Nevada, an historically important region, both in terms of winemaking and also politically, but less so now. Within Nevada, there are five subzones. Baja Montaña is on the cool slopes of the Pyrenees, Val d'Isabe, Tierra Estella, which is warmer to the north, Ribera Alta, which is in the center, and Ribera Baca, which is uh, further south, and 30% of the vineyards are located here. 
And the climate is quite similar to Rioja. So in the north, there's 600 millimetres of rainfall, so wetter, more Atlantic influence, just like Rioja. And to the south and to the east, 400 millimetres of rainfall a year. So again, like Rioja, getting warmer, more continental to the south. A lot of garnacha is uh, planted here, mainly for rosado, which is high volume, deep coloured, rosé, and okay quality. More plantings of Tempranillo in recent years produce wines which are quite similar to Rioja and can be a very good value alternative. Further to the east is Somantano, which literally means under the mountain, and the mountain range that refers to is the Pyrenees, and the vines are planted on the foothills of that mountain range. This is a relatively new DO, and high quality, one to look out for. Rainfall is during the winter, so there are lots of rivers and streams and it's quite green, even in the summer when it's hot, so water supply is not an issue in Somantano. The traditional grape is Moristel, and this is a black grape which oxidizes easily, and it's best in blends where it adds body and colour. And modern producers have introduced other grape varieties such as Tempranillo, Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot and Pinot Noir, and those will be the base for Somontano. And also white wine, uh, which is quite crisp and fresh, from Maccabeo, Chardonnay, and also Gewürztraminer, surprisingly enough. To the south, are two regions right next to each other which have a purely continental climate. So we've been discussing regions which have a mixture of maritime and continental, but Catalayud and Carignana are purely continental. These are hot, dry regions. So Catalayud is really arid, indigenous varieties only. 66% of plantings are Garnacha, and these are big red wines. Tempranillo is also planted here as well, and this is a region where quality is definitely rising and another one to look out for. Carignana is a town which gives its name to the Carignana grape, remembering that it's the same as Carignan, but ironically enough there is no Carignana planted here. Uh, Carignana across Spain doesn't have that higher reputation until we get to Priorat, which has changed people's perception of that grape. Garnacha and Tempranillo are the two main grapes here, with also Cabernet Sauvignon. And in the 1980s, these were really big alcoholic wines, but they've been tamed with better winemaking techniques, so they're a bit fresher and a bit less um, in your face. And white varieties account for 20% of plantings in Carignana, Macabeo, Garnacha Blanca, and also Parrieda. And in Carignana, 75% of the production is by co-ops, which gives you an idea that quality has not always been that high, but it is definitely improving. And that's a story we'll find across Spain, quality of wine consistently getting better. So that's northern Spain, the historic region of Rioja, and then those not too far from it, Nevada, Somontano, Catalayud, and Carignana, where quality is getting better and better. So thank you for listening. This is Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink.